This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside, inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7 The Fan. Ravens are talking to the media now. We should have some of that for you in about an hour as uh, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, and others speak. As far as practice is concerned, according to Jeff's Rebeck from The Athletic, no Rashad Bateman, no Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Justin Houston, Calais Campbell. Uh, usually Peters, Houston, and Campbell were getting vet days on Wednesday. We'll see with Houston in the groin. But Pat McCurry back at practice and Ronnie Stanley practicing. It's got to be go time, I would think, after last week. Well, if it's not, then, again, I think you you are running the risk of, of compromising your offensive line, compromising the composition of your team, because there's only so many snaps to go around. And if you continue to give the lion's share of starting snaps to a guy who ends up not playing on Sunday for whatever reason, then you're doing a disservice to, you know, Falele or McCarry or whoever else. Um, and I, I, I think, again, you're going up against another really tough defense. So it's got to be. Like, I, I they, they did the dog and pony show last Thursday, right? I mean, we heard Greg Roman gushing about him. We heard Ronnie Stanley say, I, I feel better than I ever have. I'm stronger than I've ever been. Mentally, I'm in a completely different place than where I was going into week one a year ago. Um Okay, and maybe it's because of the, the rain situation and the field conditions and all that. But, like, it, it's football. It's not always going to be perfect conditions. And at a certain point, y- y- you need to know who your left tackle is, and, and you need to have some clarity and closure there. Um, because let's be real. He can say what he wants to say, T-Bone. I don't believe, personally, that he's going to step on the field and be the guy who was, you know, who he was uh, the first half against the Pittsburgh Steelers three days after he signed that contract, you know what I mean, and, and suffered the original injury. I don't know that his first NFL 
starting experience since week one last year sees him go out there and and dominate or, or even be productive. Like, there's if it's this much of a process to practice, I think you're damn sight sure it would be a process on a Sunday night, and they need to start seeing what it looks like. It's been made abundantly clear that they're going on Ronnie's timeline. And he mentioned in the past that he felt rushed last year. They activated him off pup. He didn't practice immediately. John Harbaugh has essentially said it's up to Ronnie. And they've had put it in his court. Yes, and they've had this plan for how he was going to ramp up. He practiced every other day. He practiced in full for the first time last Wednesday, then practiced in full the very next day. And then was it there Friday, which was listed as rest on the injury report? It really does have a feeling, all right, man, it's now or never, where if he practices in full all this week, where's McCarry practicing at yeah. on the first-team offensive I line? hope left guard. But then you're compromising a Ben Powers if Ronnie Stanley doesn't play. He's already so, compromised. Yes. Well, what do you mean? I'm my, playing pa- if Patrick McCarry can practice this week, Wednesday and Thursday, he's my left guard. No, so you're I putting Falele back at left I tackle. Mean, against the tough Bengals. And I felt like Falele at least held his own. They gave him a lot of help. When he yes. gets a lot of help, it, it held up well. Yeah. When it didn't. There were problems. But are you going to play that game again on Sunday if Stanley's not there and kick McCarry inside? Well, I, I mean, this ha- like Ronnie Stanley's got to play left. Like if, again, if he does not play left tackle this week, then I think Saucy Brown and Steve Bashotti and Eric DaCosta need to have a very real conversation about where this is going and, and, and what the end game is. It is, like Cordell said last week, and I think – it surprised all of us when he was like, ah, I don't know, man. I got to believe it when I see it. And Especially this was in the, off the heels of Ronnie talking. Yes, yes, yes. And even if he does practice full all this week, I'll believe it when I see it. And, Jason, as you said, look, man, no, I, I don't even know what to expect Sunday if he does make a season debut. I'm definitely not expecting him to dominate. If he can at least play an adequate left tackle, I will take that. Well, adequate, let's face it, is probably better than what they're getting right now. Like Daniel Falele, let's face it, it's better than the first two series when it looked like Lamar was going to get killed. But the reality is he's probably, if, if, I'm, if I was looking at it with a scout's eye and looking at it on the film, I'd probably say he's not, not middle of the pack at left tackle. Even, even if no, he plays, he's, he's not good. He's not a left tackle. Even if he plays adequate. Week in, week out, he's not a left tackle in this league. Even if he plays adequate, you get the move of Pat McCary going to left guard, who is exponentially better than a Ben Powers. So if Stanley can be adequate, it makes the entire offensive line better. Well, look, they're, they're, the goal is to get Ronnie Stanley back. I mean, this whole idea better than before. I mean, what, no, no. Like, I, get Ronnie stop. Stanley being above, stop. Uh, a slightly above, above replacement, replacement level yeah. left tackle yes. who doesn't need to be helped constantly, right, and and, and only really needs help in, the, in critical situations against a certain type of, of stature pass rusher. Like, that, to me, would be a, 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 all things That's considered a, a great outcome given all, everything they've been through. The problem with Falele is now Greg Roman, the scope of his offense gets limited. Like, goal number one is it be as effective as we can possibly be. Push the down, push the ball downfield on early down play action as much as we can. You know, 
fight for this match. No, goal number one becomes help the left tackle. Like that, I mean, it goes, it literally becomes like that's where it's got to start. Like, okay, I got to make sure that this doesn't get blown up all the time. Sure. And then what does that allow me to do from there? That's a different mindset. And as Falele goes on, and he's been better than we've expected, this guy came into the year as a project. Nobody thought he'd be playing at all. No one thought he'd be playing, much less making a start against the Bills, seen as a preseason Super Bowl contender, at left tackle, in which he never played a snap at in college. But this, the more tape that comes out for Falele, I think it puts him in more jeopardy of getting exposed. Well, and look, they know they know the last offensive play they ran, right? And I chronicled it. They they, they ran empty real effectively in the first quarter. It was diminishing returns yeah. the following three quarters. And that fourth down play, if it's a bad day for Morgan Moses, then we're, we're doomed. Um, if they both need help, we got no fighting chance. So I have to think that not not just in Baltimore and also in Cincinnati, they're looking at that play saying, you know, I, I think uh, Hendrickson's like licking his chops. Speaking of Cincinnati, why don't we hear from Zach Taylor coming up next in Northern Exposure? The Ravens are playing the Bengals Sunday night. Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, will get some of his thoughts next here on The Fan. Northern Exposure on Inside Access. Sponsored by Plaza Ford. See why customers have trusted Plaza Ford for more than 85 years. Get quality vehicles and superior service at Plaza Ford. Bel Air Road in Bel Air or online at plazaford.com. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman traverse the AFC North. 1057 not all brand new but, but there's certainly things that that he'll want to do differently i'm sure it's it's just a four game sample size you got right now four different styles of opponents as well so you, you sort through all that to figure out what's their true identity here uh, but they've got a lot of players that we've played many many times before and they're all back you know and, and so you try to get a good understanding of the personnel and how they use it in their scheme and, and then formulate your plan Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, talking about the Ravens' new defensive coordinator. Wing Martindale fired after the season last year. Michael McDonald is the new D coordinator, and he's, again, through four games. But what did you get out of what he just said there? It was a lot of word salads. Yeah. Um, look, there's familiarity here. Coordinator change or not, um, I think Zach Taylor's got a pretty good idea of – what this defense looks like when it's exposed, when it's compromised. Uh, the issue for Zach Taylor right now is his offense does not look like the offense that was so willing and able to compromise the Ravens' defense the way they did with all of those explosive plays. They're not getting it out of the run game or the pass game right now, and, and I wonder if Zach Taylor is reaching a point where he personally is coming to grips like he's, you can hear him talking about like identity changes mm-hmm. with the other team but i think it's more revealing like i think that's he's actually talking about his offense there i think he's explaining the ravens defense and it's almost i won't say making excuses for it but i think he's giving you a little portal into what he's going through knowing this year's offense isn't necessarily last year's and the things we could do willingly last year haven't been there for us this year and maybe we need to recalibrate how much we try to do those things right now 
during these press conferences during the week, it's just you're throwing flowers at the the Bengals. They scorched the Ravens twice. The first game at M&T Bank Stadium, Jamar Chase, Marlon Humphrey kept seeing the back of his jersey because he was chasing him around on the field. But to your point, Jason, this offense is yet to take off, talking about Cincinnati yet. The defense, no which I'm sure yeah. we'll get to. But a lot of you touches for Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. A lot of touches going nowhere. Thursday night, 24 carries, 61 yards, 2.5 yards per carry. And through four games, he's averaging under three yards per carry. Joe Burrow, he got off to that brutal start against Pittsburgh week one. But they're starting to figure it out. that. This team has weapons. You got Marlon Humphrey, you got Marcus Peters on the other side, but you're talking about one of the best trios in football with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. I that is a scary matchup. Hayden Hurst for this, revenge game. Yeah, and Hayden Hurst <laughs> too. That's a scary matchup for this secondary. Uh, let's hear more from Zach Taylor and uh, what's he got to say about Lamar Jackson. He's always been an exceptional passer. You know, for I mean, he was the MVP whenever it was. Every time we played him, he's he's difficult to deal with. So I don't look at him like, wow, he's better. He's always been top-notch. I and mean, he's always been a force to deal with. He's given every team he's ever played problems. we got to work like crazy to have great plans for, for him and the rest of the offense because of the problems that he poses. Remember uh, 2019, he destroyed Woo! the Bengals. He ran for like 400 yeah. yards. His, yeah. his rookie team, year, Ken, yeah. his first start yeah. was against Cincinnati, and he crushed them. Well, but the, remember, that pissed them off in Cincinnati. Yes. And when they got the big lead last year, I'm old enough to remember bombs yeah. away to Joe Mixon on a 50-yard wheel yeah. route. Like, so yeah. that's still that – this would have been a great week yeah. for Wink still to be here in some capacity because Wink would not have been able yeah. – like, well, he would not have been able to hold back. He would want to return fire. Um I'm not sure, again, that this Bengals team is composed exactly like that one, but let's not pretend that there isn't some bad blood sure. here. Remember, Lamar hits Hollywood in the uh, early third quarter in the game in Baltimore, and I think the Ravens took the lead at that point, but then the Bengals ran away. Destroyed them. It was the big uh, um, here, Jamar Here, and then Chase. Cincinnati, well, the, it was Lamar the Ravens play. didn't have any players, yeah, and, and it was just a bloodbath. And what Josh pissed. Johnson quarterback that. Yes, yeah. yeah. He had, like, a game-opening touchdown drive. Yeah. But what pissed him off was 2020. Remember when the Ravens were about to shut him out and Zach Taylor kicked a field goal to avoid the shutout with like a minute left. Yeah. Wink's losing his mind on the yeah. sidelines. So Taylor's like, all right, dude, we're returning the favor now. More on Zach Taylor talks about the Joe Burrow uh, versus the 2020 Ravens compared to 2021. I think 2020 was just a chance for him to get exposure to to the different styles of defense he's going to face. It's not that he was, uh, I shouldn't speak for him, but it was a chance to, for him to take a season, reflect back on all those different styles that you're going to see in different environments you're going to be in and, and play styles from defenses and, and then come back and had a great year last year, obviously, and, and is looking to build off of that this year. Is Zach Taylor making a concerted effort to try to sound older than he is? Because that's the feeling well, I get when I think he talks. he's not going to be very forthcoming about a whole lot right now. Maybe I don't know to sound older. Maybe he just—he seems to like. He—he—it's he, almost like he's doing, and he's not doing. He's not going full Belichick, right? But it's kind of like he's like semi Belichick with his answers. A little reserved, a little yeah. guarded. I remember when we talked to him, and of course, uh, we, he had phone issues that day. Yeah, but it—it it wasn't. He didn't. He didn't give a, a whole lot. But let's let's hear more from Taylor. Maybe he'll give us more on this one. Uh, how meaningful was it to beat the Ravens in Baltimore last year? Anytime you can you can go on a road environment, particularly in the division, and pull out a win, is good for, for that to sink into your team. That that 
you can go do it. You've done it. Let's go do it again. But certainly there, we, we had not fared well. I know two years, three years ago, is the score was close, but it didn't feel close. The next year, obviously, was you know, they kind of blew us out, and then last year was better. So it's important to go on the road in this division and pull out wins. T-Bone, that was the big uh, Jamar Chase game here in Baltimore last year. The Bengals, for so many years, and even during the Andy Dalton when they were making the playoffs every year, they were the little brother to the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah. And Cincinnati going out and sweeping the Ravens, sweeping the Steelers, and most of, if not all of those four games were blowouts, was huge for Cincinnati. And, and building that culture and we played those cuts of Zach Taylor throughout the offseason, and that was such a big thing during OTA's minicamp. Hey, it's it's not even that we can play with these guys. We can dominate these well, guys. Well, let's let's be real. Most years previously, heading into a game like this, Cincinnati coming here on a, a Sunday night, well, not only is it a win, but there's, like, the whole fear factor. Like, do the Bengals in the back of their minds even think they can win this game? If the Ravens turn it over three times early and are trailing at the half, like, could the Bengals even close the deal in that circumstance, right? Like, it was, they could, the, the Ravens out physical, the, the Ravens, you don't move the yeah. ball on us, and we could we could play rugby and run it 80 times and still beat you by three scores. Like, that's what the dynamic used to be. The final game in 2020 when they ran for 800 yards yeah. against them, J.K. Dobbins laying in that game. With like they weren't a even 70... trying anymore, no, and they're still, no. it's just there. Just like, so we would have been like, man, are these guys, like, are their cojones going to drop? Are they going to be able to get over this? Like, can they mentally get themselves in a position where they don't bungle this away? That's over. Finally, from Zach Taylor, any thoughts on the Ravens going forward on fourth down? You get into games and, and you're making decisions with the analytics in those moments how you get goes. And so, you know, it's it's just that's that's football. We all know that when it works out, it's great. And when it doesn't, you, you're going to hear about it. And that's that's what we signed up for. Wouldn't want to have it any other way. And so, again, we'll, we'll probably find ourselves in similar situations over the course of the season. And, and you got those decisions to make. That's as good of a nothing answer as you'll How get. How great would it have been if he said, well, clearly Harbaugh doesn't trust his defense. <laughs> <laughs> huh? How great would that have been? We would have led the show. Yeah. Would open the show. Well, if Wink was the head coach of Cincy, you'd have a shot there. Yeah. Does Cincinnati have a supercomputer? I don't think Mike don't, Brown yeah, has Mike a Brown super, He's got like a he's got like a schmedium computer. What's his daughter's name? Katie. She's got a Macintosh that she gets on sometimes, <laughs> and uh, and she puts it's just, throws it's some a, numbers. It's a schmedium, but she's it's got not an super. HP. <laughs> she's Commodore one sixty four. Yeah, she's got one of those old computers. It makes some designs. Jerry rig gives them some have, ideas. Might have Windows on, 98. She's got a Radio Shack Tandy battery in a yeah. Commodore 128. Ravens taking on the Bengals this Sunday. It's Sunday Night Football. We'll talk more about this game from the Bengals angle next. Solomon Wilcox, he's host of Opening Drive on SiriusXM, plus the Believe in Bengals podcast. Solly joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barbalace. It's Inside Access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 105.7 The Fan. Inside Access. We are efforting to get one Solomon Wilcox. 
While we wait for Bengals Solly. Bengals legend Solly. Yeah, Bengals. oh, absolutely. While we wait for Solly, I do want to bring up something we just heard in the update that we didn't get to in League at Large. The retirement of Blake Bortles. Blake the I'm, Snake. I'm, I'm 100% wondering why Stone felt, felt compelled to to go with, with why that. Not? Huh? That's a That's worthy of yes. a, a sports update? From Dude, a first-round pick right. to the Jags to the AFC title game? Beat the didn't, heck out didn't of the most Steelers? people already assume that Blake Bortles was out of their life and they no. didn't have to deal with him anymore? No. Hey, one Joe Flacco was still playing quarterback. I thought Blake Bortles was a second-string guy somewhere. You Blake would think name. there was, like, a vet minimum deal out there somewhere. For like, like, is Blake Bortles worse than... Like, is A.J. McCarron still banging around out there, I feel I, like? I think he got a workout somewhere recently. Who, like, who's that bomb that Gruden liked? Uh, oh, well, uh, well, let's we'll get back to that. But joining us now, uh, you know Solomon Wilcox. He's part of the opening drive on Sirius XM. He's also the host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Solomon Wilcox joins us now. And, Solly, thanks as always for joining us. We are at the quarter pole. And uh, I guess your read on this Bengals team as they head into Baltimore this Sunday. Hey, it's a team that, listen, they got off to a slow start. You know, Joe Burrow, just as he was um, reporting to training camp, he was hit uh, with appendicitis, had appendectomy surgery. Anytime they remove an organ, man, I guess, you know, you, you, there's a price to pay for that. And wasn't able to practice a whole lot during training camp. Missed a lot of time. I think it impacted the chemistry, the relationship between he and the receivers that offensive line. They just weren't able to get off to a fast start. They lose their first two, but here over the last couple of weeks, they really have come on. They've improved in a lot of ways. Um, and so now they feel like they're they're making some strides. There's still some areas where they have to improve, particularly with the running game and Joe Mixon getting the runners to the second level. But offensively, uh, they're starting to hit their stride. And defensively, they've been great. I think, what, given only four touchdowns uh, up in the yeah. first four games. So, they feel like they're really set on that side of the ball. Well, I'm wondering, Solly, and it's four games. I don't want to make too much of it, but are they becoming a defense-first ball control team? Because they're, they're, they're running the heck out of Mixon, right, even when it's not really going. But that's keeping Burrow upright. The defense, as you mentioned, is elite scoring defense. They're top seven against uh, in yards per carry, right? They're 11th in yards per pass. They're third and third down. They're top seven in the red zone, and they're not on the field that much because the offense is churning away, even if it's not explosive. Like, is that is that tenable? Because I think the defense is pretty damn good. I, listen, I I think the defense is really good too, and it it started last year. Jason um, Luana Romo is one of the most underrated defensive coordinators I think in our league right now. He's figured out really masterful game plans, particularly with the way that he makes adjustments in the second half. Now all you got to do is go back and look at what he did twice in the span of a month against the likes of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to give them only three points in the second half of a regular season game that they needed to win. And then again in the AFC Championship game, they flipped it again, only held uh, that offense only three points in the second half in the title game. Um, he, he's really good at giving you something different. And as you can recall, in last year when they played the Ravens, I think it was he who first kind of kind of gave the blueprint to a lot of other teams to how yeah. to defend against Lamar Jackson. They kept them in the pocket, brought that um, that green dog rusher late, sort of a spy. But he used a defensive lineman like Sam Hubbard uh, to, to be the spy, to be that late sort of add 
um, to the pass rush. But they really were rushing just to contain him. And then as they gave him a rush lane, they provided a defender to meet him in that rush lane. It was it was masterful, but he was the first one to kind of give us that look at how to – you can't stop Lamar, but if you're going right. to control him, I think it was the first glimpse of how you might want to do it. Sally, I want to get back to the offensive side of the football. Jamar Chase was a monster as a rookie, and Ravens fans know firsthand oh. as he went nuts at M&T Bank Stadium. What have you seen from him so far in year two? You mean Joe Mix? You mean uh, uh, Joe Burrow? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, I, I will just say this. He's getting off to a slower start this year because people are – are not making the mistake of putting one guy on them. Like they're they're making sure they have someone over the top. They're in, they're bracketing in and out, and uh, but he is phenomenal. And I think he's even better once he gets the ball in his hand. You guys got to see some of the catches he makes. They're like, I, I mean, all of us are looking at each other like, did he just catch that? Did he just? I mean, <laughs> every time he plays, he amazes the fans at Paycor Stadium here in Cincinnati. And then once he gets the ball in his hand, he's like a running back. He's got that build to him, great balance, great powerful body. And um, he just continues to amaze. I still think his best games this season are yet to come. He's had to mm-hmm. adjust to, to being more patient, right, against these uh, bracketed and, and double coverage. We're talking to Solomon Wilcox inside access live from Pickles here on the fan. Solomon, now curious, how has former Raven Hayden Hurst fit in in Cincinnati? Uh, we love him. One man's trash, another man's treasure because <laughs> the guy's a good football player. And I remember he was the first round pick coming out of South Carolina. Look, you guys, you hit it big. You've taken these tight ends in the first round, and Mark Andrews ends up becoming a player for you. And, you know, poor Hayden, he goes to Atlanta, signs a free agent deal, and then they draft Kyle Pitts. Yeah, You know, everybody was like, well, if he's so good, how come he's now with his third team? I said, listen, if you lose your job to Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, that doesn't make you a bad player, you know? So, so, you know, you have to give Hayden some slack, but he fit in very quickly, guys, with Joe Burrow. Burrow loves him. You could tell on third down and critical moments, uh, Burrow won't hesitate to find Hayden. And he's really physical. Um, after the catch, and that surprised me about him. Um, I think he's been a welcome addition as much as we love C.J. Uzama in Cincinnati. Um, Hayden Hurst, it's clear he's an upgrade. Well, Sally, uh, let's get into the matchup. Ravens-Bengals Sunday night football. Ravens are 2-2. Two and two. Bengals are 2-2. Two and two. How do you see these two teams matching up against each other? Well, hey, guys, I got to tell you, man, if you're giving up Big plays in the passing game. If you're not communicating on the back end, your secondary. Um, if you're letting guys run free, Joe Burrow's the last guy you want to play. He, that's, he's the last guy you want to see coming to town. And these three receivers with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, by the way, is not a number two. He's a one. Coming out of Clemson, everybody will tell you that. This guy is hes phenomenal. He reminds us here of Chris Henry. He'll remind a lot of people, that's right, Rand, he, of Randy Moss. His pass catch radius is phenomenal. And Tyler Boyd is more of a physical, tough guy between the numbers. And we all know about Jamar Chase. He's the last guys you want to see coming to town. Um, and uh, so that's what we expect. We expect 
maybe the Bengals to have their best offense today. But that said, uh, the Ravens are really good at taking the ball away. They're tied for second in the NFL with 10 takeaways. So Joe Burrow's got to do a better job of protecting the football. In seven of the last eight games he's played, he's been able to play it without turning it over. Other than week one when he turned it over five times, outside of that, he's been able to protect it pretty good. Solly, the, the offensive line, the protection in general has been a little better the last couple of weeks. I guess when your quarterback gets hit 20 times in the first two games, there might be nowhere to go but up. How much of that do you think is this unit gelling a lot of new pieces? And how much of it is Zach Taylor maybe um, and Callahan taking a, a step back and, and giving these guys a little more help, a little more chipping, um, a, a little more a little more heavy stuff to, to help those guys out? It's, uh, you just named all the things that have really been part of it. I mean, they had four new starters on opening day, including the left guard. He's a rookie out of North Dakota State, Cordell Valson. He's been getting overwhelmed a little bit. I mean, he started off his career having to block Cam Hayward, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's, yeah. you know, that's yeah, quite that's an no introduction. But all of these guys, it's been some growing pains for them. But I, I do believe they tried to rectify it. We were heavy, uh, 71% shotguns mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. first two weeks. And you got to get them under center. You got to get them running the ball. That's one way to slow the defense down when it comes to rushing the quarterback, keeping the tight end in, keeping the back end a little bit, isolating a little bit more. You're getting a lot of double teams on your primary, and then he's going to have to get to the third guy. Well, pressure is there. You're not going to get to the third guy in the rotation when the first two guys are double covered. So just figuring those things out too, right? And then again, Joe – Getting off. I didn't think Joe was seeing it well the first two weeks. I thought his processing was slow. Um, I thought the, the time off due to the appendectomy um, had mm-hmm. sort of took him out of his uh, out of his form. But now he's back to seeing it. And he said last week against Miami, it was the most time he had to throw the ball since he came into the NFL. So that that tells you how much they've improved. Solomon Wilcott, it's always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for your Thanks, time, buddy. All right, keep up the good work, guys. Take care. Thanks so much, Solomon Wilcott's obviously uh, opening drive series XM, also the Believe in Bengals podcast. Hey, coming up next, Mike Elias met with the media earlier today. He's going to be sitting down with Jason Lockenfora in just a little bit. But more from that press conference next here on the fan. Inside access. Two are on Twitter. And Ken is borderline creepy on the gram. Good news. I found your Instagram. Did you see the 90 photos I liked in a row last night at 2 a.m.? Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. Uh, looking at what Jordan did for us this year, it was more than exactly what we hoped for when we signed him. And he was a tremendous uh, influence on our staff this year. He pitched, I think, 179 innings, you know, uh, won some games for us, um, helped these young guys take a step forward, helped protect uh, our our young bullpen that that did so much this year. Um, So kudos to him for everything. You know, we'll take the business aspect of the business as it comes. uh, But in a baseball sense, uh, I I want to uh, thank him and congratulate him for 2022. Jordan Lyles for the boys. Salute. Other, respect. Other than the illness, he ate innings all year long. Who knows what he ate before the yeah. illness. But I, I guess the question is, will they be interested in bringing him back? Well, look, as much as we think they're going to add a, a legitimate arm via trade, and we love um, the, the quantity and quality of 
individuals who have either done it at the minor league level or in a limited supply sample size at the at the uh, major league level yes. who we think can be a part of this thing next year. But Jordan Lyles is your four or five uh, or, or whatever or five or someone who becomes a spare part and you move them for whatever, like, I wouldn't be mad at that. And I, I kind of feel like having him in your back pocket maneuvering through the offseason isn't the worst thing in the world. I do wonder the more I've thought about this, though, guys. Here's my concern. that We saw peak Jordan Lyles this year. Like, is Michael Elias thinking this is the best he is? I think we, we, we get while the getting is good. Well, but what if the answer is, okay, we're not going to take that gamble at 11. But, hey, you like it here. We like it here. You know what I mean? What if we give you what you got last year? Yeah. Plus incentives if you get back to if you And if you're who you were last year, you get the 11. But we, you know what I mean? But we're actually spending money this year. You know what I mean? And we're, we're allocating assets in a way we never have before. So it's not like the $4 million they potentially save in that outcome is just going in Angelos' pocket. That $4 million is going towards an Adley extension or Pablo sure. Lopez arbitration number or whatever. So I wonder if it's just he's looking at the market saying, okay, we could, we could have him in our back pocket for eleven. But but do we do a wink wink and he's back here for you know what I mean for eight? I know I'm on the fence here. I would probably pick up the option. But if you can get back at a cheaper number, obviously that's you what would I'm do just that. wondering. I'm I'm obviously I'm putting on my GM but, hat and reading what he but, what Elias is saying. You know what I mean? That's my interpretation. You guys believe that DL Hall will end up being a reliever. So let's just. I go. don't. I mean, I hope not, but it's a possibility. Uh, I think he will. Well, let's let's I, I'm assume not going to say I think he will. Let's, let's assume he is. Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, you're going to have Grayson in there. John Means at some point, insert trade free agent pitcher. Yeah. I, I think Lyles as a great contingency plan with Wells, by the way. Yeah. Great contingency, contingency plan because you got Wells who's going to be on an inning limit. You have Grayson who's going to be on an innings limit. So I, I just – why not bring him back? Clearly, all of the pitchers in the clubhouse love him. Yes. The goal would be to get him at a cheaper number, but you don't have any payroll anyways. Well, it's not like you're breaking the bank. The thing about him is also he's talked about being a reliever before. He's been a long guy. Yeah. He's been a short. So it's not like worst-case scenario you're paying a, a, a guy $8 million to be, you know, what you thought Austin Voth was going to be when you claimed him, right? A guy to, to come in when Grayson – Pitch count gets up, and he's only going three to get you to six. Even if he's that guy, for how little they've spent that, recently, I don't, I don't hate that. That's my point. Where your payroll isn't the one fifty that we were talking about earlier. No, it's 30. You're at thirty two million. <laughs> like, who cares if you're overpaying for a Jordan Lyles? That's the luxury that you have right now. Let's hear more from Mike Elias. And hey, uh, two Rookie of the Year candidates and a Manager of the Year. It's pretty good. Looking at this team uh, this year, um, got a lot of young guys that are going to be here for a while that had really good seasons. We have, uh, in my mind, two Rookie of the Year candidates. I think we have the Manager of the Year candidate here sitting next to me. Um, So we have a lot of uh, really exciting individual pieces here um, to build around going forward. And I'm um, excited about the challenge ahead for me and for us in uh, continuing to keep progress going. T-Bone, that's pretty impressive when you have both Felix Batista and Adley Rochman who are going to be 
both are going to receive votes rookie of the year. And then Brandon Hyde, who may not win, but he's going to receive votes for manager of the year. And, Ken, you have Gunnar Henderson maintaining rookie yeah. eligibility, yes. who he's probably going to be a favorite to win yes. uh, rookie of the year. Two so, hits in game one, by the way. Yes, so it's this organization, the arrow is pointing so far up for them. And even going back to the draft, Ken, where you have the number one farm system in baseball and you're drafting first overall. So, and you have so much payroll flexibility, and that's why I keep saying it's just I'm so amped up yeah. for opening day 2023. It's always Got to get there. Yes, it's always a big holiday in Baltimore. I'm but am- I think I'm it's amped up for hot stove. Well, yes, yes. But because it's the first hot stove that since matters. entering 18 yeah. when they signed uh, Cashner and Cobb, and, of course, that ended up blowing yeah. up in their face. Yeah. But it's go time. It's liftoff, the quote. Michael Elias. Let's hear one more from Elias Stone. Cut 50. Will they try to lock up their young talent? My philosophy um, is that we look to do everything when it comes to player contracts, player acquisition on a pretty case-by-case level. And there's some things that make sense, um, and it takes two to tango. And we look at those. We talk about them. Um, I think in order to best advance uh, the objectives of the Orioles franchise and ball club which is what i try to do in my position i by nature am quiet about our activities in those areas unless i'm forced not to be if those conversations have happened or will happen um, it's not going to be something that i'm going to get out there and telegraph because i also want the people that i'm doing business with to know that i'm discreet about um, those activities so we'll see (laughs) that was a lot of yeah, I think we're probably interested, but I don't want to put it on Front Street because he's yeah he's playing coy. Yeah, and Adley Gunner, you uh, you look at the Pirates with Key Brian Hayes, you look at the Rays with Wander Franco, Seattle. and those are two smaller Seattle, Seattle, and those are all kind of smaller market teams. And then you have the Orioles. Be proactive. the The price is only going to go up from here. You have. Decent sample size for Adley, but look, he's probably going to finish second in Rookie of the Year voting behind J-Rod, so I'm all for locking him up long-term. Totally. Hey, Inside Access live from Pickles. We're here for one more hour here at Pickles Pub. Jason back across the street. He's going to be sitting down with General Manager Mike Elias in a little bit. Also, he's got one more uh, possible interview that could be in the offing as well but we're, we're just teasing that we'll let you know about that a little later but coming up next it's wednesday it's five o'clock that means former ravens running back ray rice joins us we'll get his thoughts on the games on the game this past sunday and look forward to cincinnati next with ray here on the fan inside access this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.